Welcome to the IDP show. I am your host, Joey the Tooth. I'm joined with my two hosts here, Kyle and Trip. How's it going, guys? Doing good, man. Uh, excited to be here and uh, ready to preview this week four. I can't believe we're already here. Yeah, week four kind of jumped up on us pretty quickly, huh? Unbelievable, man. It's It flies by so fast. And in true traditional IDP fashion, we've already had a slew of injuries and oh. uh, leading up to week four was no good whatsoever <laughs> it, it didn't do any favors to anybody uh so we'll, we'll hop right into it uh so a little bit of news in the injury injury side so the biggest is miles garrett getting into a car accident flipping his porsche numerous times uh the, the the whole like magnitude of his injuries hasn't really come out it just says like lacerations and whatnot but and it just keeps saying non-life-threatening injuries has anybody heard anything specific as to when what if he's coming back i heard shoulder dislocation i've read that on the bird app so who knows how reliable that is but that yeah. would keep him out for a bit i would think yep. or at least limit him yeah and i saw the last thing i had seen that it's i don't really know this is like no uh indication anything but it's going to be a medical decision whether or not he plays okay. that was like that was like the last blurb i had seen so don't really know how to ask. Yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> so they're going to give him a shot and go. No, I, yeah, I had no, yeah. I just don't really know what that means, but it's, that was, that was the term I had seen anyway. <laughs> uh, linebacker Zayvon Collins of the Arizona Cardinals went out with a shoulder injury. Um, that could, uh, open up a little bit of a problem for him because if, from what I've seen, uh, Isaiah Simmons seen his snap share go down. So they apparently haven't been liking what they've seen from him. So he's about to, probably man the dot possibly unless they give it to uh buddha baker or jalen thompson so that could be a problem there nick vigil there you go <laughs> nick yeah, the, time. right right so the last thing i saw was avon collins since like i have a zavin collins tattoo right here on my heart because you know I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm such a big zavin supporter um yeah. I, I i seen he said that he, he feels good you know of course he's gonna say he feels good because he wants to play and that it the one thing that i liked that was positive was that it's not the shoulder that he had hurt last year so oh, that's good that's that a good, good thing that's a good thing so but I, you know still um, more to be uh, discovered out of the, the news coming out for practice and whatnot. So, yeah. Uh, the ageless wonder, uh, Justin Houston, he's been uh, pretty productive this year, but uh, he went out with a groin injury. Uh, I haven't really heard too much of an update on him. Cornerback uh, Dante Jackson of the Carolina Panthers. He's uh, he had a neck injury last week, didn't return. Uh, interior defensive lineman, DJ reader. Uh, is he playing tonight? I didn't even notice actually. I haven't started watching the game, but I think I saw that he went on IR for a couple. Oh, all right. Yep. Yep. So he's going to be out for a while. <clears throat> yeah. Yep, um, he's on IR. Baron Browning had a knee injury to start the week, but I heard today that he is now healthy and he will be playing this week. Nice. Um, also with the, uh, Broncos is interior defense lineman DJ Jones had a head injury, probably a concussion. I'm not sure if he's going to be playing or not. Uh, Tracy Walker goes out with a possible Achilles tear. So at least it's an Achilles injury, they're saying. So he's probably done for the year. Yeah. Yep. Um, Jair Alexander left with a groin, a groin injury last week. 
I haven't heard any update on his status. Uh, Nate Hobbs, who's been a cornerback wonder this year, he's mm. he left with a concussion last week. I'm not sure if he's cleared protocol. And on the other side of the ball or the field, uh, Rocky Sin also left with a knee injury. So that secondary for the uh, Raiders is going to be pretty beat up. Mm-hmm. Uh, Joey Bosa can't stay healthy. Gosh, mm. he goes down with a groin injury, and I don't think he's going to be in this week. He's going to be out possibly a couple of weeks, right? He's an IR too. IR. Yeah, yeah. he's coming back this year, but still, yeah, he's out for a while. Uh, Quincy Williams. That they actually said that um, the reports were quite surprisingly good today, but uh, I, I don't see him playing after getting carted off the field with a high ankle sprain. But I mean, he seems quietly optimistic. Yeah, that's yeah. Uh, that, that's encouraging. It's actually encouraging news if you consider he was carted off and had to put an air cast. They had to put an air cast on his leg. Yeah. So the fact that you know it's uh, it's it's been positive. I know the X rays were negative um, and everything. So um, swelling must have gone down. Yeah, for sure. So, I mean, it's, you know, I, I don't think he's going to play this week or anything, but it's definitely positive from the initial uh, signs of, of the way things looked. So, so that's good. Uh, do you guys uh, think of any other players that were added to the injury report recently today, possibly? I don't think I've heard of any others added. No, that no, doesn't surprise us. All right. Well, so if you have any of those guys in your rosters, be sure you check in on all their status before your Sunday games. Uh, Let's move on to all 22. So this is the, this is the opening season of all 22 fantasy football. What do you guys think? How, how have you uh, like explain to me some of your strategies, like trip, what did, what did, what was your strategy going in and has it changed at all? Or did you even have one? Well, my strategy after about an hour and a half of drafting was just get players because it was all I could do to keep you populated to grab them. That, that thing went so fast. I mean, yep. those that don't know, I mean, this was all 22 live draft. You yep. had like what? 90 seconds per pick for 53 yep. rounds. And the first hour and a half or so, like I thought I was comfortable with the pace, but we were also on pace to finish in like, you know, six hours, which is yeah. kind of yeah. not really manageable. And so it really sped up then after that, after some of dudes went on auto draft and whatnot. So after that, it was just like, just try to get some guys on the roster. Oh, yeah. So Did he grade well last year? Sure. Take him. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. You know, what position do I need a player at? All right. He looks okay. I'll just take him. So, you know, offensive line in particular, I'm like, all right, now, you know, is there a tackle still available that's going to play this year? And the right. answer is no. I got Lucas and Yang because I didn't know what I was doing at that position. So. <laughs> what about you, Cal? Do you have any sort of a strategy going in? Um. You know, my, my strategy now, I, I wanted to draft for Sean Gary because I'm a Packer fan and he, and he's my favorite, but, uh, Jason King from, uh, DLF sniped him on me and we drafted on my birthday and he, and he did that to me on my birthday. So that was, <laughs> that, that's, uh, I was on tilt right after that. So it was all, I blacked out for the next yeah, four hours. Yeah. Yeah. Yep, it was. I think you were blacked up before that. That's <laughs> <laughs> well, you just need to do what Macri did, which is trade a guy who's about to get cut. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> that was so ice cold. Yeah, I, I, so I, ice yeah, cold. It's like, man, that, that seems was... like a pretty good trade for me. You know, I, I loved Holcomb. Yeah. I was like, I'm going to keep Holcomb, and then yep. I was like, you know what, Martinez. And I looked at Martinez's PFF grades too. I'm like, you know, he looks. Pretty, he actually graded out quite well. So he didn't play like crap. I mean, as long as he's coming yeah. back healthy and no mm-hmm. gone and hasn't even been signed, I was like, <laughs> ah. <laughs> oh, that sucks. <laughs> I tell you what, though, I will say I love it. It's uh, 
it's a lot of fun. It's something new, and I, I totally dig it, man. The, the offensive line and and uh, just the full scope of having a full team, and um, it's a lot of fun. And I've been pretty fortunate to be on the right side of luck the first three weeks. I've won all three games by, like, no more than three points. Oh, it must so. be nice. I haven't won a game yet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I've been super lucky. Last uh, week was good. I was the fourth highest scoring team, but unfortunately I lost to the second highest scoring team. I was like, oh, oh dang it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we got to give Kyle Hatchet for being top of the NFC standings of three. Oh, nine. hey. <laughs> yeah, I've been pretty fortunate. I mean, when you're when you're talking, it's been two to three points, and I've been on the right side for three weeks. It's pretty, yeah. pretty fortunate. It's I I love it. I think it's so cool, something new, and um, I mean it's it's awesome. And we got a league of just sharks, man. It's uh, it's fun. Yeah, I like the the ability to like change your personnel and change your formation. Yeah, you know, your packages. Yeah. Like that's cool. That just yeah. it just adds another another level of like actual NFL to the game. So it's like, yeah, fantasy football is awesome. But if you're like a true NFL fan, like having fantasy football like this just makes yeah. it like mm-hmm. I don't know. It's no, yeah, a different way of scoring and a different way to think about strategy and whatnot. Yep. So, right. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. And the one thing I, you know, it's not like a super deep strategy or anything, but I was put, I put in our chat and like, I run a three, four defense. Um, Cause I drafted some stud defensive tackles and I like made sure my roster had depth there in case I got like two injuries. I had at least two good backups, you know, mm-hmm. and like, and uh, I run three wide uh, on offense. So made sure I had a couple of good reserve, you know, like if I had a couple injuries just to make sure you have depth where you have the auto sub guys. So you can come in and still get points instead. You don't want a zero, right? You want something. Right. So just, I mean, super simple, but like at the first week I didn't do that. And I was like, Oh man, I got to make sure, you know, it's, it's a different look like, Hey, I'm, I needed a backup guard. Mm-hmm. <laughs> when you ever do that in fantasy football. So it's just, I right. mean, that's, that's super cool. Yeah. I've been searching for a center. That I should yeah, say. right. The center yeah. that I have has just been crap. <laughs> exactly. I've like, been yeah. searching for a center for the past three weeks. Right. When mm-hmm. have you ever said that playing fantasy right. football, right? <laughs> could be worse. You could be searching for a quarterback like me. I was contemplating <laughs> Joby, Jacoby Brissett today. Like, would he you really be better than these guys? <laughs> been like one of the better scoring quarterbacks in this format, honestly. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah. He hasn't turned the ball over. <clears throat> Whatever. Like Derek Carr. There I had Derek, when I picked Derek Carr like fourth or fifth, I was just like, I'm doing it. <laughs> He's been great. He's been phenomenal. Yeah. But all right. Well, going into week four, we do have some listener questions. <clears throat> Let's move on to our first one from Zanman. He says, one of my leagues is a 10 teamer with deep benches and rosters requiring three IDP spots, LB, DB, and edge, and corresponding positional backups. For DB, I currently have Antoine Winfield Jr. and Buda Baker. Part one is, which of those two do you prefer for the rest of the season? Kyle, let's start with you. What do you think? Uh, that's a really nice problem to uh, have to decide between. I, I really like both players. Um, gosh, I mean, they're both really solid. I, I'm going to go with Buda Baker, and it's like super close for me. I, I love Winfield um, with maybe with uh, – the injuries possibly in Arizona Baker gets a few more, a few more looks Winfield's playing a ton in the slot, which is always nice when you're up tight. Um, I don't think you go wrong with either. I, I, I mean, I think they're really nice options. So it's a, it's a nice problem to have. Mm-hmm. Chip, what do you think? Yeah. I, I, I like Baker here. I worry a little bit about the slot production. Winfield's getting six or seven tackles a game, mm-hmm. but you, you know, I wonder if, is he going to keep that up? And it's more, mm-hmm. I guess the unknown, whereas we know what yep. we have at Baker. He's a guy that, 
He's all over the field. He's getting tackles. He's especially now that Collins is banged up and Simmons isn't playing. He did. They're going to get both Baker and Thompson probably get a lot of box snaps. There are a lot of tackle opportunities. So kind of like Baker there out of those two. Yeah. I was, if you asked me at the beginning of the season, I might say Winfield, but uh, because just because <clears> how much Buddha played deep last year, but he's back to playing a lot of, mm-hmm. a lot of like majority snaps in the box this year. So that's been kind of a nice change. So I think I'm going to go Buddha as well. But uh, part two of the question is, what do you think of stashing? Is it, all right, so I might pronounce his name. Is it Jalen Petre or Jalen Peter? Petrie. Petrie. All right. So would you rather stash him instead of one of the others? I mean, he says, he says, he quotes, his usage looks freaking fantastic so far. So would you rather, <laughs> would you rather Jalen Petre or would you rather and drop either Winfield or Buddha? I would say I would actually prefer Petre to to Winfield to be honest with you. That's like like the guy was saying in the in the note is is you're talking about a guy that's mm. the preferred box safety in in Houston, and that's so far a defense that's just allowing play after play to the third level. Yep. And both of those safeties been pile up tackles. And Petre would be talked about more if he hadn't missed like seven tackles in the first two weeks. Right. I don't. Yeah, think I, was that's just, I was just looking at that. I was looking at his tackle yeah. numbers like ooh. Yeah, that's that's rough. Yeah, <laughs> it yeah. helps explain why Owens has had so many tacos. He's got to clean up after all <laughs> <Right>. the slubs. <laughs> but yeah, you're right. Like his usage is is fantastic, yeah. and there's just there's so many good players in that defense in Tampa. With like, there's not much that's going to get past White and Levante David. I think I, I think I would rather have. Petrae over Winfield. I think you're right. I can I can totally dig that. I, I I like Baker. Like you know, you guys did the mouse out of out of uh, the first question, and then I would keep him. And if you want to take a, a shot on Petrae, absolutely. Houston's playing a ton of snaps, and like Trip said, they're cleaning up back there. And uh, you know, the hope is you know Petrae cleans up those missed tackles that we saw early on, and you know continues this this but the, this production. But the the usage is just fantastic. Yeah, um, he looked much better tackling yeah. week three, like his yeah, absolutely. Week, but yeah. Man, yeah, yeah, first two weeks. Yeah, was, yeah. I mean, rough. he's a rookie, uh, right? Yeah, you know, yeah. The Bears are making uh, a bit of business to make defenses defenses look good right now. So hey, this, is yep. true. this is true. Unless you're the 49ers, apparently. <laughs> uh, that game was a mess. Yeah, <laughs> it was. You just it, have to write that one off with the rain. Yeah, and, exactly. Like, I've sold this year so far. So, mm-hmm. all right. Uh, let's move on to the next question. This one's from Angie Buxton. The question is Hassan Reddick or Brian Burns this week? Burns played 61 snaps last week and got exactly zero points. Burns had a little over five points the first two weeks and 16 last week. So would you rather Burns or Reddick? Um, I'm, I'm, I'm a huge Brian Burns fan. I'm, I'm going to go Brian Burns. I know the the last week wasn't ideal uh, or this past week. Um, the week before he had a really nice week. Um, you know, just straight up looking at the pressure numbers, like Burns has 17 pressures to seven of Reddick. And Reddick had a better week this week, but um, I, I like Burns as a player more. And, you know, like the defensive end, or defense alignment edge, you know, that happens those, those weeks where, yeah. uh, you know, that you don't get you much, but uh, I think um, I, I definitely prefer Burns personally. I just think he's a better player and um, yeah, I, I would stick with him. What do you think trip? Yeah, I would lean towards a uh, Burns as well. One thing that Reddick has been a guy that's been a compiler because he's plays a ton of snaps over the last mm-hmm. few years, but in, in Philadelphia, they have, 
uh, oh, not even a rotation, but more like a platoon system. And so you just can't get even hardly two thirds of the snaps there if you're an edge rusher in that system. And Burns is playing 80 plus percent of the snaps in Carolina. And I don't love either matchup this week in terms no. of who they're actually playing, but just with the the volume and the quality of player that Burns is, I think that's who I would go with as well. Yeah, same. I, I'm going Burns as well. I mean, Trevor Lawrence has only been sacked twice in the first three weeks this year, mm-hmm. which is amazing Crazy. for Jacksonville. Like, yeah, is it really a coaching turner? Is it, is it all? Was it Urban Meyer? Was it the Urban Meyer Peterson switch? I don't know how you argue it isn't. I mean, yeah, it's just yeah. the night and day difference. So the much personnel isn't that much different. No, right, right. And it's it's so amazing to me. It's like, yeah, this is almost like if anybody was thinking to hire Urban Meyer right now, I'd say. No, because look what he couldn't do with yeah. his team that Peterson can. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but. on both sides of the ball, it, that team is just night and day, man. It's uh, mm-hmm. yeah, it's it's really cool to see. We got some secondary free agent options that that are interesting, but I mean, I just don't see how that explains the whole thing. Right. It's not like the line right. is drastically upgraded. Right. Exactly. Yep. Yep. All right. Uh, last listener questions from Eric Harms. Uh, Donovan Wilson's been playing great. What happens in Dallas in the secondary when J. Ron Curse is healthy? Trip, let's start with you on this one. You're a Dallas fan, right? That's right. That's right. I, yeah. you know, I, I like Wilson. I, he's active. He's fun. I don't think he's that good. He was active <laughs> in the blitzing, and you know the whole Cowboys defense has played with tremendous urgency in the last two weeks. And it's they've looked frenetic and a lot of energy. That's great. Looks great on camera. But I think he's I think Wilson's a player who has miscues. I think he's a bit limited. I think the curse is a guy that, you know, I that's going to come right back in, have the full time job. He's going to do the things that Wilson has has been doing the last couple of weeks, playing close to the line, getting the blitz opportunities. And Wilson is more of a rotational guy at the back end where he's going to work with Lee Cooker a little bit more. And that's just that's just his role. I think he's the third guy. I think he's okay as a third guy, but I don't think there's any reason to expect that Wilson would play ahead of, of Curse. Yep, I couldn't agree more. Uh, Kyle, what do you think? Yeah, I, th- I think Tripp absolutely nailed it. I, you know, I think when when Curse comes back, he's going to be doing what he was doing, and, and and Wilson will be the third guy again. And I seen uh, a quote where Dan Quinn said that he will have quote unquote no problem getting Jan Curse back involved or something like that right. when he's ready. So yeah, Wilson's um, yeah. an IDP darling, but uh, yeah, like 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 Tripp said, he's like I don't think he's really that great of a player. <laughs> yeah curse, curse is more skilled definitely wilson's wilson's yeah. a good player and he's energetic but yeah curse is far more skilled enjoy the production while he's out there right that's you right got him, you, you, you got him for the for the old johnny greek price of uh a mouse click right exactly. <laughs> shout out johnny <laughs> free, real <laughs> the, free real estate man price of mouse mm-hmm. click so um absolutely all right, that's it for the listener questions this week. So uh, the three of us actually have made a uh, trip over to uh, footballguys.com this offseason. Uh, so uh, a new spot for all three of us, and uh, we all have some uh, weekly articles going out. Uh, Kyle, we're going to start with uh, a little bit of a preview into yours for uh, for sub- anybody who wants to uh, subscribe. We're going to give you a little little taste of what we have uh, on the website. So uh, Kyle, why don't you... Break down some of your uh, some of your favorite uh, waiver wire ads this week. 
Uh, right on, man. Yeah. So uh, every uh, Tuesday, my waiver wire waiver wire article comes out. So after the the games conclude Sunday, I uh, rack my brain through the the snap counts and the stats and see who's playing, who's not, who's producing, and try to try to give a decent list uh, of options. You know, at linebacker, defensive line, tackle, corner, safety, all that good stuff to give some options out there. Um, anyways, uh, this week um, at linebacker, my my top ad of the whole. Uh, the whole article would, would have been Josie Jewell um, is probably more of a casual league ad um, per se, but you never know. It's always worth checking, you know, the waiver wire just to see. And um, you know, I think we all thought Jewell would be the guy um, in Denver this off season, given all their signings. Um, I remember trip had broke down the contracts. It might've been on IDP nation with me and Daryl or another show trip, but you had broke down the contract saying Jewel got substantially more money than Singleton. And, you know, I don't think any of us were necessarily fans of Singleton. Um, we know what he is at this point, but uh, um, so anyway, we didn't get to see Jewel the first two games uh, with his calf injury. And then he was active uh, this week and he came in 95% of the snaps, nine tackles, a sack, um, you know, he, he was the anchor of the defense and it was exactly what we wanted to see. So he would have been my pickup of the week. And I, I think it's going to be uh, as long as he's healthy, he's going to be a solid linebacker for you. Um, another guy that you could probably get in a lot of leagues, um, you know, Willie Gay got the suspension after the huge, uh, week two. Um, I, I literally had him written up and then like, I think I messaged you, Joey. I was like five minutes later, it happened. What do I <laughs> so, do now? Do I take yeah. him out? I'm like, Joey, what do I do here? I'm about to submit and then he just he's suspended. <laughs> I was like, no, you could take him in and put a little caveat in there, but yeah. <laughs> so uh yeah willie gay has this uh big week where he sees this big snap share and then got suspended and and then it's uh you know what does it look like right but you know nick bolton's obviously the dude um you know what are this what is the, the other spot next to him look like who gets the snaps and everybody's excited about leo chanel does he get a bump you know and i get it like i love leo chanel as well like what does it look like turns out it was darius harris right so uh darius harris plays 87 percent of the snaps 13 tackles, seven souls, and a tackle for loss. Um, Leo Chanel only got 11 snaps, 15%. So it was Darius Harris this week. Um, I think in your you know deeper leagues, if you got a, if you got a spot, why not you know click the mouse and see if it sticks. And uh, for the next three games, you know we'll see. You know, does Leo Chanel get more snaps? Does he not? I don't know. Does Harris keep getting his work? Uh, the Chiefs defense played. For, they lost the game, but um, you know Chiefs defense uh, wasn't bad or anything you know when harris did his job so um uh, you know worth a click there um so there's a couple linebackers uh defensive line this is uh this is a trip favorite right here josh sweat of the philadelphia eagles um he's trips planted that flag did you did you did you plant your flag on him in the the staff articles i thought so and Mm -hmm. i know you wrote him up in the uh, idp draft kit Mm -hmm. um so I wanted to write sweat up actually the week before, um, but he played Monday night and I usually do it before the Monday night game. And I'm always reluctant to write Monday players in case they get hurt. Right. That's always a bummer. Um, but anyway, sweat is a baller and um, you know, he's just been on a tear. He's got, Two and a half sacks, four tackles for losses, six quarterback hits his last two games. Uh, I think he's he's got a sixty three percent snap share, um, pretty solid in that Philadelphia rotation. And Dick, uh, Derek Marnett's not there. Um, I think I think Sweat. Um, he's he's a super awesome pickup if he's available. Um, and then another uh, another guy. I'm always reluctant to uh, to go after New England IDPs. Right? Um, they, they can be super frustrating. Um, incredibly. So incredibly frustrating. Uh, Dietrich Wise. Um, you know, at first you look at this like three sack game and you're like, okay, am I am I box score chasing here? He had a sack week one. He had three sacks this week. And but 
you know, looking at his snap share, he's, he's got an 82% snap share this season, which is way above his, his usual role, which is usually hovering around the mid 50% range. Um, you know, granted, it's it's only a three game sample size here, but he's more involved. And I mean, I think it's worth a click to see if it if it if it sticks. I mean, we're not going to expect three sacks a week, but I mean, the volume, if you can find volume as your DL four or something, you, you, you got to see if it's worth your time. Right. It's so, the year six breakout. Yeah, <laughs> that's it. Right. <laughs> exactly. When you're looking, I was looking at his uh, previous production and, and he had five sacks as a rookie and it's been two and a half, three mm-hmm. since then. So the four sacks this year is as high since his rookie year in 2017. So. He's the Devonte Parker of defense. <laughs> hey, I love that. Yeah. <laughs> yep. I, I yeah, absolutely <clears throat> Now that they got Devonte Parker on offense and defense. Now they're, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> it's a beautiful thing, right? Um, so mm-hmm. there's a couple of defense alignment. Um, Defensive backs, uh, I mean, uh, I, I'm grabbing Rodney McLeod where I can. Uh, I love Nick Cross just as much as the next guy, but he's benched right now, and he's going to have to sit and learn for a little bit. Not necessarily a bad thing for his long-term outlook because rookies need to learn. I always thought he was a little raw in coverage as far as recognition stuff. Most rookies are, whatever. Um, but, you know, down the road, he, he should get up to speed and whatever. But they're going to go with the vet here, Rodney McLeod. Um, he had some uh, some nice box usage this week, played all 63 snaps. Um, 40 of his snaps were up in the box slot area. So that's nice. I mean, he should be available quite a few places, you know, maybe not in deeper leagues, whatever he's worth a click. And, uh, we talked about Tracy Walker in the injury section. Um, unfortunately Walker's gone for the year with the Achilles and it was Juju Hughes, um, who stepped in, played 88% of the snaps, eight tackles, five solos. Looks like he should get the first shot. Um, why not? Right. Uh, he, he should, <laughs> he should be available, uh, just about everywhere. Um, trip in our, uh, IDP only dynasty league. He was available and I spent a bunch of money on him. So that means he's probably not going <laughs> to do very good because I just jinxed him. <laughs> that means they're throwing in Kirby Joseph. Yeah. That's, that means Kirby Joseph's going to start and ball out and Juju Hughes will be a waste of whatever I spent. But, um, another guy who's available in a lot of places worth a click to see if, if he can, uh, you know, hold down that job or and see how that plays out. But it's worth noting those are seventy man rosters, IDP only. Just yeah, said, no, not too many options on the waiver wire. Right. Well take a shot at one. <laughs> yeah, seventy man roster, IDP yeah. only. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you degenerates. Yeah, yeah it's you uh, degenerates. Yeah, yep. He was he was there, and I, uh, <clears throat> I I threw the I make it I made it rain, as the kids say. So. <laughs> I guess you have to, right? When it's that deep, you're like, if there's somebody available that's actually oh, yeah. going to play, you kind of yeah. have to dump some yeah. cash. Yeah. yeah. So. Sometimes you, you'll be happy to see if a guy got two special teams tackles. Oh, going to pick him up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's around the ball, I promise. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> nice. Well, you've been doing a great job with your with your waiver wire article, man. It's been fantastic. And and I'm sure people at Football Guys been enjoying it. It's kind of kind of strange having it behind a paywall now, right? Right, man. No, I, I appreciate the kind words, my man. And yeah. Uh, yeah, it is. It is. Uh, it's it's weird <laughs> being there, uh, but it's uh, yeah, it's it's a lot of fun. I'm I'm really enjoying it. And uh, yeah, man. I'm just hopefully it can keep uh, keep on trucking here and uh, providing some uh, you know helpful keep stuff. On trucking, you say. <laughs> Life's a garden. Dig it. You dig it. <laughs> Well, Trip, you have a weekly article called "Reading the Defense." Uh, why don't you uh, break it down a little bit for us this week? Tell us, tell us about the article and uh, who you got in this week. Hey, man. Well, first of all, I just to say it's it's awesome to be over at Football Guys. I've been a subscriber of that of that site for mm-hmm. at least fifteen years, and uh, finally 
you know, long before I started ever writing anything that I've felt merited an appearance on a website anywhere. I'm not sure that it does yet, but we'll find out the hard way as we get going here <laughs> three, three, four weeks into this thing. And they might say, all right, that's enough of this guy. Let's wait with the, with the next one in here. <laughs> like, <"All> right, <laughs> and so I, I gave myself a bit of a, a challenge, I guess. And that, you know, like when I was at the last site, I was writing waiver wires articles. And this time I've taken on a, t- a topic called reading the defense. And there's a, article I used to read a lot on the site that was written by Gene Brammel, a column uh, that would appear weekly. And he would get into kind of some of the whys, like why are players producing and look at long-term trends. And he was sounding the alarm for the decline of a full-time linebacker availability for fantasy leagues five years ago. And he was tracking who were the box safeties, who are the guys who were in the, in the deployment that we would want you know, some a lot of years ago, before a lot of people were thinking a lot about that. So, uh, this guy's it's kind of cool now to, to write a column of the same name, and I've carried forward some of those same ideas, but I'm not quite doing it the same way. I'm just more looking at the whys of things. Like, so the first week's article was looking at um, uh, some linebackers that were bucking the trend of dime packages and and playing close to full-time guys like Pete Warner, who uh, IDP writers had some questions as to whether or not he was going to be have enough utility if he would play enough to be useful. And the second week I looked at what's driving the, the, uh, the all the crazy names out of nowhere from safety, uh, Talanohu Fufanga and Jonathan Owens, and are these sustainable? And so this week I'm looking at edge defenders, uh, specifically looking at some underperforming edge defenders, defenders and say, saying, are are these guys flawed? Do we make mistakes in picking these guys early, or is there hope for these guys yet? So one of the guys I wrote up is Jalen Phillips, who's playing on the TV behind me because I spaced out and forgot that he's playing in this early league. So. <laughs> but anyway, I, I think that Jalen Phillips is a really interesting guy, and uh, listeners of the IDP show will might recall might know that um, the, the guys of Bowling Green are. Real high on him, and I jumped into one of their episodes once and, and poo pooed him, and so led to some fireworks right there. So they're like, "You're never coming back." That's right. <laughs> but the, the irony of it is that some of the reasoning I gave was that I thought he would be stuck in a deep rotation, uh, and uh, you know I was worried about his pass rush productivity. And what's what's and I, so I guess you could think, oh, this guy's about to take a victory of that. No, I actually think that Phillips has been better and played more than I expected. And that's in part because Andrew Van Ginkle had an appendectomy in August and it does not look like he's going to get his job back. Uh, but Phillips has been out there roughly 70% of the snaps through three weeks. He has, uh, uh, according to NFL Next Gen Stats, as uh, presented by ESPN is 26% of his pass rush snaps are wins, meaning that he beats his block within two and a half seconds. And that is sixth best in the league. He's up there with guys like Nick Bosa and Miles Garrett and uh, Josh Sweat and some other guys that are really good at rushing the passer. And Mm -hmm. so I think that that says something that he's, he's, he's made a little bit of an impact tonight, putting some pressure on the quarterback, but he actually came up did he just finally get a sack? I was I checked it about five minutes ago, and he was still blank in the box score. But he's finally gotten the sack. So yep. uh, he's the guy that I just is. I really think he's made progress. I was concerned about his ability to play and run and then pass last year, and they don't seem to be too worried about it this year. To be honest with you, uh, not. I mean, more you know, pass coverage, but um, 
Uh, it's, so it's, it's good to see him taking a step forward because he was a guy I was a little bit worried about. People were taking him uh, as uh, around the 27th, 28th overall DL on sleeper, making him kind of a low-end DL2, a high-end DL3. I thought that was pretty high. I thought he was a bit of a risky pick. He had eight and a half sacks last year, only playing about half the snaps. And he had a three-game run where he sacked um, – uh, Mike Lennon twice, Justin Fields once, and then the carcass of Cam Newton three times. And so I was like, you know, how, how much credit do we give the guy for that? You know, so this year he's 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 looking better. You know, and he's it's good to see him finally get home. It's that uh, the Dolphins are a team that blitzes a lot, and they play Josh Allen and Lamar Jackson, who are two blitz busting quarterbacks in the last, in this so far this year. So. I think as the season progresses, I think he still has a good shot to clear that eight and a half sack mark. So I'm going to take the L on there. I'm sure our boys, Hattie and, and Bobby over there in Bowling Green would be happy to hear that. So. <laughs> but I thought it's supposed to kind of go through all the guys. I'll give you a, a, one more. Uh, I thought I would talk about a couple more guys that I considered writing for the article and didn't because I was unsure about them. Just thought I'd pick y'all's brains and see what you thought about it. Talk a little bit about the process and and uh, what I'm thinking and you know where I'm kind of conflicted on it. The first guy is Robert Quinn. Robert Quinn's a guy that had 18 and a half sacks last year, and no one thought that he would do it again this year. And I think it's in part because he said he wanted out, and so people are just down on a guy that wants out. Uh, but what's been interesting about Chicago so far, of course, is they're two, they're two and one. And the guys that play opposite Robert Quinn have been sacking the quarterback, Dominique Robinson, who's rookie, and Travis Gibson. Uh, they, they have uh, pressure rates at, that um, they're getting pressure rates above their snap account relative to the league average. So, And what's happening on the opposite side is that Robert Quinn is being double teamed at one of the highest rates in the entire league. And so he's not getting the pass rush wins that he has in the past but that said he was double teamed at an enormously high rate in Dallas in 2020 and he still came through with about 10 sacks so I'm really torn in part because Chicago is just gosh it's like when do the wheels fall off and so you know if I think if I had him I would consider watching him sack Daniel Jones like three times and then trading him for a King's Ransom after that because Daniel Jones is the only quarterback in the league that handles splits as poorly as Justin Fields does so (laughs) (laughs) I'm curious if you all think that he's a buy low because he hasn't produced or if you think that he's just uh, you know a sell low get out from under it I actually uh, one of my first articles I wrote for football guys was a uh, sell high article and mm-hmm. I actually had him in, it was, it was uh, an off season article and I was basing off of, he had what, 18 and a half sacks last season. He comes in, Khalil Mack's been traded to the chargers. So he's now the number one guy. He's going to see tons of attention on the line and it's going to, and I said it was going to be Gibson and then was it Al, Al Qadim Muhammad. They, mm-hmm. they signed him and then they, they have um, the rookie Dominique Robinson coming in. Actually a trip. You actually brought my eyes to his attention. I think uh, shortly after draft day, I wasn't really too big on him. And then you, you mentioned him. So I looked into him. And uh, yeah, Robinson week one was unbelievable. Seven tackles and a sack. Um, I think it's been, it was Gibson since then that's been putting most of the pressure on. And yeah, sure, Quinn, I think he has one sack this year, this year but his pressure rate's down. He's what, 30, 33 years old? 30, almost 32, 33, almost 33, 33, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, 32, so, I mean, 33. By the time, might be catching up with him a little bit. And honestly, if you look at him, year to year, he's so inconsistent. I mean, I think over his career is like, Half of his career, he has like, it was like eight or more sacks, and the other half of his career, he has six or less. It's like the guy's so inconsistent. I'm going to sell as high as I can after an 18 and a half sack season. 
So that, that was actually what I was doing before the season even started. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's uh, I, I'm right with you guys, man. And I, that's how I felt as well, Joey. Like, <laughs> and Trippy alluded to it too, the, the huge 18 and a half sacks last year. Then he's not happy being there. And, and you know, it's never a good mixture. And, uh, you know, like, you know, like Trip said, he's getting double teamed a lot. And the, the Young Bucks have had some luck. You know, Al Kadim Muhammad's not necessarily known as a, a sack artist. And the Young Bucks are kind of cleaning up uh, on the sacks with Travis Gibson getting you know, sacks on 25 snaps or whatever he's getting. It's just crazy rate. And, you know, Dominic Robinson, he, I, he's a super interesting guy as well. He's a converted wide receiver in college at, um, was it Miami, Ohio? Yeah. I believe, you know, he's like a six, five long arm guy, super athletic and bendy's and he's still learning how to play the position. So, you know, they're going to want to see what he's got. You know, if you can get a player with some potential like that in the fifth round, I believe they drafted him, you know, that's, yeah. You get a you can get a pass rusher on day three that that flashes as a rookie. That's always nice. Yep. Um, but um, yeah, if I, I I love the idea of of uh, Quinn sacking Daniel Jones three times and then uh, going out <laughs> and selling him, I'm all for that. All there day. you go. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> this got to make sure he stays away from Andrew Thomas because that guy's been a brick wall so far this year. Unbelievable. He's been fantastic. What a turnaround for Thomas. Yeah. I oh, know. Yeah. 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 The next guy I wrote up is, uh, or the next guy I thought about writing up but didn't because I was unsure how to play it was Odafe Owe, and we just got done talking about Houston being injured. I mean, the 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 um, the whole Ravens edge crew is so thinned out by injury. A couple, you know, last year they were running four guys out there for like fifty five percent, forty five percent of the snaps, and mm-hmm. this year Owe's playing a big chunk of snaps. He's over eighty uh, percent. He's but he's not been super productive, and he's a guy who I felt like coming in. I mean, he had what zero sacks as a, his last year in college at Penn State, right. and all the analytics crowd loved him because of the pressures and such, and the pass win rate, pass rush win rates, and so he looked okay as a rotational guy as a rookie, and I thought it stood to reason he would take a step forward. He'll only be in, uh, drafted as like the thirty sixth defensive lineman off the board on sleeper right. based on ADP, so that's a reasonable risk to take. Um, so obviously the playing time is more than we thought the pressures and the sacks are, yeah, you know, it's not really coming along. And so, but this is a team that blitzes a lot. Um, and so that helps him some, but gosh, if there's no other edges out there, I mean, you know, Houston for that matter has been productive, so you're more productive than, than the average rusher. And so that helps some, but if he's banged up, you know, it's hard to see him making it through the season with this level of productivity. So I'm wondering if what, what y'all think about Owe, if he's a guy that you think can pick it up or if he's, he's just kind of going to subsist on the bottom. Kyle, what do you think? I'll let you go first on this one. Yeah. I I'm always a sucker for the, the athletic guys that test crazy like Owe and, and it like trip said, he didn't have a sack. Uh, at Penn State his last year, which is never ideal. And he was kind of the uh, outlier that came out and had a pretty nice rookie season who didn't have any production um, his last year at Penn State. It hasn't been great to start the year, and it's weird that Justin Houston's out producing him, and now Houston's hurt. And they brought in Jason Pierre-Paul, who wasn't very good at all his last year in Tampa. Um, I, I w- Personally, I guess I, I would maybe try to, you know, buy away cheap here if if people are down on them and, and panicking a little bit um i guess i i think better days are coming for them i i always kind of you know thought that i always like those upper echelon athletes i always think they they will win out at some point until i until i see a big enough sample size where they're not i guess so um yeah it it's been a frustrating start for all way I, I thought he would you know kind of pick it up you know, and sometimes the volume doesn't always equal uh, the increase in production like we hope, and maybe the it'll start to revert to back 
more to the norm of what we expected here. And I, I, I'm willing to take a shot on away, I guess, um, and hope better days are ahead. But it certainly hasn't been the start we had hoped. Yeah, I, I think I'd take a shot on him too. He's young, he's athletic, and he mm-hmm. showed last year that he does have at least some little bit of it in him. Like he mm-hmm. played well last year. And it's just the the team this year is just not it's not ready. It's that that defensive line's beat up. Mm-hmm. I mean, Houston's old. Is it is it Tyus was it Tyus Bowser? Is he out? Yeah, is he, he popped the Achilles late uh, late last year. Yeah. So he's <laughs> out. Um who else is there even? It's Bowser. Oh, Steven Means was there, then he got, then he got hurt on yeah. ACL. So yeah. you know, yeah. that's so I mean, really, could have had me there at that point, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just need a warm body at this point. And then um, what was it? Uh, Michael Pierce just went out too. If you if you even yeah. want to talk about the entire defensive yeah. line, so now you'll probably have a rookie starting in the in the middle. Travis Jones mm-hmm. will probably end up starting. So I mean, it's it's just it's a young, inexperienced, beat up defensive line. So I don't think I'm gonna look at it as always being unproductive. I'm just. It's just a very, very tough situation to be in. So, yeah, I think I'd go ahead and try to buy away if I could. And honestly, you, you wouldn't have to spend so much to where even if he didn't turn out too much, that it's going to hurt you that bad. Yeah. Yeah, if you can get him reasonable. And I, I would hope that Mike McDonald would figure out a way to unleash one of the the, the elite uh, athletes and high-end pass rushers he has, you know, being his first gig in Baltimore. Hopefully, he can find ways to, you know, scheme up some some looks for him. You know, I know that he did talked about running some some simulated pressures and stuff and different looks and mixing it up from from uh, what they were doing uh, if under Wink there with just the the blitz play man all day stuff. So, um, <laughs> yeah, maybe Mike McDonald get a little creative and get away going a little bit and get get some juice going for him, and maybe we can see it pick up. Well, that's the next question, though, right? Because it's not like that Ravens defense has looked very good. Now, right? Yeah, you know, yeah. from an injury standpoint, they've been you know, the secondary's been banged up too. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. You can't be encouraged from what you've seen so far. I mean, they, I agree. Mixed it up schematically some, but it's not like it's not like the results are there. They got rid of Wink, yeah. and they so far there's no evidence of an upgrade. I thought I agree, and I thought it would be better to be honest. I thought it would be you know McDonald would be a little more creative, and, and he you know he, he had some nice years at Michigan. He had a really great years last year at Michigan. I got to see it, and mm-hmm. he was you know uh, super productive. That defense that was loaded, granted on the college level, but um, yeah, it has. I agree, Trip. It's, it hasn't been good, and you know with it being his first gig, you know as the DC there, he had been there mm-hmm. previously as an assistant. You'd mm-hmm. think he'd start uh, you know mixing things up a bit, and it and making things. Uh, work and, and scheming up some stuff for the guys that can make stuff happen. So, yeah, yeah. Well, he brought like, he brought some pro style concepts to Michigan yeah. and they were radically yep. better. Euro Absolutely. Right. Yep. And then you bring yep. the same concepts to, to Baltimore and try to modernize the defense a little bit. And so far it's, it's just, it hasn't had the same impact. Absolutely. Yeah. It, you nailed it, man. I totally agree. I expected it to uh, be a lot better. I know it's early, but it, it has been good. Yeah. Well, speaking of speaking of premium athletes, how about Marcus Davenport? That's another mm. guy I wrote up, and yes. I'm just you know he's a guy that I wrote up. I wrote up two edge rushers in the in the IDP draft kit, Marcus Davenport and Josh Sweat. And so far, it looks like I'm batting 500. Uh, so. <laughs> I was I'm with you, dude. I wasn't on Davenport this year too. Yeah, yeah. and I, that's a guy. I look at that whole defense. They they've had a, a defensive coordinator change, a nominal one, in that Dennis Allen is the head coach now. They have co defensive coordinators. And I, I'm a, I'm never a fan of that. I don't know. Yeah. I don't have any statistical <laughs> evidence to back up the fact that I'm not a fan of that. But it's just like, what are they doing? Just pick a guy. And yeah. so, yeah. you know, what they're doing is they're playing more conservative. They're blitzing less. They're playing more too high. 
They lost four of their five guys in the secondary. That's not helping anything. They don't have Marcus Williams, who was their eraser in center field last year. He's over in Baltimore now. Marcus May is supposed to replace him. He's coming off an Achilles. And I think the whole defense is suffering a bit, but I, it's but it's really impacted uh, the the edge rushers there in New Orleans. And it's just, I, I got to tell you, I think, you know, of the guys I have as bounce backs, these two guys aren't in there. These two guys are guys that I would be thinking about downgrading for the rest of the season. Curious what y'all's thoughts are. <laughs> yeah, uh, Davenport, he's just, he's so frustrating because he shows flashes. He'll have these huge games where you're like, oh, that's where that athleticism, he's a big mm-hmm. athleticism guy. That's where that athleticism mm-hmm. comes from. And, he's, and then he just disappears. Mm-hmm. He disappears. And it's like Cameron Jordan, he's been your mentor for how many years now? And you haven't mm-hmm. learned anything from him. It's like, ah, he's just <laughs> so frustrating. He's so frustrating. And he can't place a full season. I don't think yeah. he's played a full season his entire career. So it's like, I think it's time to move on from Davenport before it gets too bad. I'm, I'm trying to ship Davenport right now. I think. Yeah. I, I'm worried. Uh, I planted my flag on Davenport and our staff articles. at football guys. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm not doing very well there. I thought uh, Davenport really sh- turned it on and showed what we had hoped for years last year. And I thought he would uh, turn that momentum into uh a big year this year. And I thought he'd finally work on staying healthy. And, and I mean, obviously freak injuries can happen to anybody. It just does. But I thought, I thought this year was the year we saw him start right, get right. And have that year. We all been waiting for and dude, it ain't happening. It's not look good. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm not, I'm not too, I'm not too excited about it at all. <laughs> well, let's, let's all make each other a deal next time we're on this. Let's, let's talk about guys that we're right about. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think we can all sit here and say we all took the L on Davenport. Oh yeah. 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 Uh, that's a tough one. So when, when does that article uh, normally come out? Trip? Yeah, it's Friday. It's Friday. Friday I got to wrap so. the sucker up after we get offline. So, why don't you guys do yourself a favor, subscribe to Football Guys, and then check out the rest of Trip's article that's coming out on Friday. Absolutely. It's killer, man. Thanks, right, and, and then uh, we'll move on. So I write a article that comes out every Wednesday, and it's, uh, it's based off of uh, True Position Streamers of the Week. So I go through, and what I do is I look up at uh, like the weakest offensive line matchups, and uh, I find some, some deep streamers you could find at both the IDL and edge positions. And uh, it's I've had kind of a uh, hit or miss so far this season, but uh, last week was last week was pretty solid. So last week I had um, my two edge streamers were George Carlaftis. Didn't play great, but he had a huge snap share. He had eighty percent snap share. He ended up with four total tackles. Only one was a solo though. And then uh, Dorrance Armstrong, who ended up he got his third sack in as many weeks, and he had four pressures. So, Armstrong and he got a sack was, erased at the end too. So yep. he almost got two. Got that yep. face mask on Kelvin Joseph because Dorrance Dorrance no. got there. But yeah. And then uh, my IDL streamers were um, Matt Ioannidis, who didn't do anything. He had one tackle for a loss, and that was it. Zero pressures. And then um, who the heck else was it? Oh, Draymond Jones against the 49ers. I figured uh, they'd be rushing the ball a lot. He might at least have a decent tackle floor. He had two assisted tackles. <laughs> well, he got banged up, and had, I think yeah. that really limited him. So Mike Purcell so. played a lot more snaps at an interior defensive line because of and got the tackles you were hoping for. So yep. That so goes the, that way sometimes. <laughs> the uh, the sleepers I picked for the week, though, 
nailed. So it was Rasheem Green for Houston. I figured he had a, bit, nice. a pretty big week too when he saw a nice like 50, 55% snap share. He saw another 57%. He had seven tackles, five solos, and a half a sack. And then uh, I went with Sheldon Rankins going up against Cincinnati. And Sheldon Rankins had seven tackles, six solos, and a sack. So hmm. so that was, that was good. That, that ended up really well. That was his biggest game in like four years. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I was like, and, and, I was looking, and he was, he was playing a decent snap share there in, in uh, New York, but uh, his actually, his pressure rate was actually decent. So I was like, well, that's why he's a sleeper. I give him a shot. Right. And then he just blew yep. up. It's like, since mm-hmm. his offensive line has just been so leaky that it's just, it's almost one that I almost have a team that plays Cincinnati in this article every week so far. It's just like <laughs> it, their offensive line just has not looked good. So this week I have in here, I actually have JJ Watt in here as a streamer and I actually have him in here as an edge defender. So you would think he'd be maybe on the IDL, but I was looking at where he's been lining up. And so 55 of his uh, 72 snaps have been either left end, right end, or the Leo or Rio roles. But 33 of those 55 have been either the Leo or the Rio. So he's really playing like an outside linebacker. So I, I kind of switched it up and I moved I moved JJ Watt into one of my my uh, streaming edge matchups. Uh, he plays the Carolina Panthers this week. Uh, they're tied for seventh worst in sacks allowed. They've allowed nine sacks in in three games. Uh, he's played very well. He's got a uh, an even seventy pass rush grade per Pro Football Focus. Uh, overall defensive grade of seventy four point seven. Uh, In his two games he's played so far this year, sure, he only has three tackles, but he has two sacks and he has six pressures. So he's still being a very overwhelming force on on the defensive line. And with a defensive line that's really not creating too much pressure, Watt's actually been their best pass rusher. So I think him going up against Baker Mayfield, who's kind of seems lost in his feet, that I think I think JJ Watt could actually get to get him get to him for a sack and actually be useful this week in your lineup. Um, looking at some IDLs, I'm actually going with uh, Dexter Lawrence of uh, the New York Giants. So Dexter Lawrence, he plays the Chicago Bears, mm-hmm. who have given up. Let's see, what was it? They gave up. Oh man, it's it's terrible. So oh, I, this is actually one thing I wanted to show you right here. It's the interior pass blocking of the Chicago Bears. This is what made me want to go with Dexter Lawrence. So if you look at the combined PFF pass blocking grade of their guards on true pass sets, it's an average of 22.53. It's absolutely terrible. (laughs) So if you have an interior pass rusher, anybody who provides any bit of pressure, you almost want to start them against the Chicago Bears. So if you look at Dexter Lawrence, I mean, he's been pretty solid since... His, and through his first three seasons, he's averaged 48 tackles, three sacks, and 34 pressures. So his pressure rate is pretty decent for an interior pass rusher. And though he doesn't have a sack yet this season, he does have a pass <laughs> rush rate of 70.7 per PFF, and he has seven pressures in three games. So he has been applying pressure. He just hasn't hit home, and I don't see why he won't be able to here in Chicago. So, And there was a clip when they played the Panthers earlier this year. It was a fourth and one. I actually have it in the article. It was a fourth and one, and at 345 pounds, he breaks through the line, and Baker Mayfield scrambles, and he outruns him to the sideline. And it was just, wow. it was unbelievable. It, it, his athleticism is unbelievable. So you can say what you want with Justin Fields being mobile. 
he's he's quick for a big guy. So uh, I'm I'm looking to uh, stream Dexter Lawrence as my IDL. So then I was looking for some some pretty deep deep sleepers, right? What do you guys think about Dwayne Smoot for the Jacksonville Jaguars? <laughs> I know he's he's never been like eye popping or anything. But Jacksonville, the defense in general has looked very good and they know how to use smooth. I mean, he's literally, he's just, he's a pass rusher, pure pass rusher. He's played 73 snaps this season. 63 of them have been pass rush snaps. He's only playing 38% of the team snaps. But I mean, if you look at week three, he had five pressures in the sack. It's like, he's just, he's got a relentless motor for a guy who's not on the field much. You let Josh Allen and Trayvon Walker kind of wear out the defense, the offensive line and Smoot has the chance of going in there and and get a sack. I mean, all you want when you're looking for a sleeper on your defensive line is somebody who can at least apply pressure and have the potential to get you at least a sack, just get you that one big play to make him usable. So, I mean, you look at his 2021 in that part-time role, he had 36 tackles, six sacks and 50 pressures. So, I mean, decent pressure rate for a guy who's playing about a third of the team's defensive snaps. So it's kind of, it's kind of like a, a shot in the dark, but it, it might be worth it. Yeah. I mean, that, absolutely. And that's what you're looking for when you're looking for a sleeper, right? You're looking for a guy who's going to be available, who has a shot and smooth pops up from time to time and, and he gets pressure. Right. So yeah. hey, if you're taking a chance, why not? Right. I almost put Armstrong in there again, but the way I kind of have the articles going, I kind of wanted to be more of like a a deeper, like somebody you could find on waivers or somebody who's just riding your bench. And at this point so far this season, I don't think Armstrong's sitting on your bench. I think he's, he's moved himself into a weekly usable player, at least for this, for the foreseeable future. He's got the snap share. He's got the production. So he's finally turning into the player that they were hoping he was going to be for the past two or three years when Lawrence had nobody across from him. One thing that's interesting about Smoot is that he came in the league as more of a five tech. And so now that he's back in more of a three, four, it's curious to see how he's being used. And he's, he's a guy that's kind of playing inside and outside. And yeah. It gives him an opportunity to get on the field with both Walker and Allen. Just interested to see if they would go that direction this next week against the Eagles. Who yeah. It's going to be a tough test. Yep. It is. Yeah. And that, that defense is super interesting now too. That it just, <clears throat> We got the infusion of the two young bucks and they're, they're doing some cool stuff. Um, there was an article football outsiders that I shared on Twitter. I stumbled across yesterday. That was really cool. Just, just, uh, it, it's just really, I mean, I mean, Devin Lloyd's been outstanding um, as, as a rookie already. And Trayvon Walker's been better um, than anybody had expected right away. I mean, yeah. obviously he's a freeze, the first pick of the draft. That's a, we talked enough about that other uh, shows and whatnot, but um, yeah, that, that defense in general is just, uh, it's fun. It really is. Mm-hmm. All right. So this is the part of the show where we're going to move into who our top IDP sleeper of the week is. Kyle, why don't you uh, start us off with yours? All right. So, um, you know, we had talked about Joey Bosa getting injured um, earlier in the show here, and he's going to be out a little while. Um, so this isn't necessarily an edge defender, but it's a guy I'm interested in for the Chargers. Um, and that's Kyle Van Noy, the linebacker slash edge 
ish guy. Um, he, he's, he's been, he's been used, um, all over, you know, during his days, uh, in New England and whatnot, we saw it. And anyway, so this off season, uh, you know, there, when, when, uh, the Chargers signed Van Noy, Brandon Staley was just singing his praises. He was super excited about the signing and the versatility he brings to defense and all this different stuff. And I thought he was going to be, uh, pretty involved and really, he really will hasn't been as involved as involved as I thought to start the year, you know, 28 snaps week one, 48%, 26 snaps week two, 46%. Um, Bosa goes out this week and Chris, Chris Rumpf, um, it, he got extended work and it sounds like uh, he's going to start from everything Staley has said and insinuated so far is that Chris Rumpf would be the starting edge. I mean, we'll wait and see, but that's what it looks like right now. But um, he also mentioned Van Noy, in the flexibility he has to mix in off the edge as well. And um, I'm kind of interested in that because maybe that's a shot for him to get a little more run. Um, and this week he played a season high, 42 defensive snaps, 55%. And he has most productive week with uh, five tackles, four souls and a tackle for loss. Not a huge week, but you know, not, not horrible. And um, Van Noy, he actually had 13 pass rush snaps this week. And he previously only had 11 combined in week one and two. So, you know, he did get a little extra work there on the edge. Um, so, you know, Staley said Rumpf likely starts and Van Noy sounds like he's going to be involved. So, I mean, I, I, it, to me, it seems like there's a, a decent chance he does see a little more run than he has been getting here and getting mixed in. So, you know, I, I'm intrigued enough to maybe, you know, take a shot as a sleeper in a deep league, you know, maybe as a flex flyer, if there ain't much out there, if you need a guy to see if, you know, he does get, you know, he had, like I said, a 55% snapshot, maybe it's, it's in the 65% range this year with Bosa fully out and uh, he can get you the five, six tackles and maybe a splash play. Um, so just a guy that I'm going to be uh, checking on to see how his involvement was this week with Bosa out and to see what his, his, his uh, usage was in the box and how much uh, he was used on the edge and how many pass rush snaps you get seeing that it did increase uh, considerably, you know, it was only 13 snaps, but that's, you know, like I said, he only had 11 the first two weeks. So um, yeah, I, you know, maybe a guy in a deep league, if, if you're looking for a, a deep flyer flex, you know, maybe worth a shot. Well, it's worth keeping in mind last year, they had Kenneth Murray and they started playing him on the edge. some, mm-hmm. yep. and they had a uh, Wosu too last year. And they, it's, there's some d- desire in that system to play a guy that's more of a Sam than the tr- yes. true edges that they've been doing with Bosa and Mac. And so I think this is an opportunity for, for Van Noy to do what he's done in years past, play both inside and outside yep. and putting Rumpf out there as a starter. That sounds good, but he's a guy that's really more of a, I think a pass rush specialist at this point yes. in his career. And so I think he's got to rotate through. And so if Van Noy can get some snaps both inside and outside, then I think he's got a chance to do something. And to the true position sleeper idea, I mean, he, Van Noy may still have an edge designation from mm-hmm. last year. So right. that's, that's a guy that would be, could be pretty useful in that spot. Especially Absolutely. against Houston because Houston's offense has looked pretty rough the uh, yeah. couple of weeks too. <laughs> absolutely, I, it's another yeah, absolutely trip. I agree. That was another note I had here. The the matchup, you know, Houston isn't uh, by any means uh, a big hill to climb to to make a splash play to go along with those tackles like I was talking about. You know, so um, yeah, I totally dig that too. If he has an edge or DL designation in whatever format you're playing, um, yeah. So, all right, trip. Who, who's your favorite sleeper for the week? I'm with a guy that folks probably heard of, so it's not a super deep sleeper, but it's Yannick Ngakwe. 
Ngakwe could fit within the previous discussion that we had because he doesn't, I don't think he has any sacks yet this year. Uh, that's just kind of par for the course with Ngakwe. He's kind of the Deshaun Jackson of IDP. You're sicking him in there. You hope he gets a big <laughs> play, but if he doesn't, you just take the donut and you move on. Uh, so, but what's been really good about Ngakwe over his time is, as, as his career is that he's always seems to get sacks when you think he should get sacks. So like last year, for example, he sacked Justin Fields twice. He sacked um, the Giants. I think it was still Jones twice. He sacked Jalen Hurts twice before they shifted to the run-heavy attack in midseason. Uh, and so you look at years past, too. He's had big bull-up games against guys like Deshaun, Chai, Deshaun Kaiser and Jacoby Brissett. And so you could count on him as a guy that you're platooning. And I always I like the, to platoon guys. I sometimes will, you know, especially the DL2 spot, I won't pay up too much to pay, to see how much of the stud pass rushers I can get if I know that I can get guys like Ngakwe and platoon them, get two or three guys and play matchups. And so I think this is a week where you you put him in there and you expect to get a couple of sacks. Uh, they, uh, I like the Colts matchup. Uh, I, I forget who off the top of my head did play, but I remember liking There's the Titans. The Titans are without Taylor Luan. He's mm-hmm. got he's on. Mm-hmm. I don't know if he's out for the season yet, but he's out for an extended period. And Tannehill over the years has been a guy that's been willing to eat the ball. And uh, there's a saying sometimes that the sack is quarterback stat. So I, I like I like the I like a Gakway and kind of a a messy defensive struggle here this week to to come through for fantasy gamers. <clears throat> I dig it. Uh, so I went with a uh, rookie edge defender from the Cleveland Browns, Alex Wright. He's a big guy from UAB, uh, mainly because, I mean, who else is there at the moment in Cleveland? <laughs> <laughs> so Miles Garrett gets in the car accident, likely not to play. Uh, Jadavian Clowney's questionable with his injury. Chase Winovich, I believe, is on IR. I mean, who else do you yep. have? I mean, he came in and played for Clowney last week. He played 80% of the snaps. He had two, he only had two assisted tackles, but he did have two pressures. So, I mean, he's still a rookie. He's still going to have his issues, but I mean, he's going to see plenty of volume and he's, he's a big guy. He's pretty decent in, in uh, run defense and he's going to go up against the, uh, the Atlanta Falcons with, they have, they'll have um, Cordell Patterson coming out of the backfield. They have the rookie Tyler Algier. They have Marcus Mariota, who's going to try to scramble and who's never really been. He doesn't really have the greatest pocket presence, should I say. <laughs> but I think if you're if you're looking for somebody who has the potential to at least either, either get you a couple of tackles or maybe even a tackle for a loss. But he, and he also has two passes defended this year. Big man, long arms. Yeah. So if you're just looking for anybody who can just add a little bit of points to your team that if, like, say you have a hole, maybe you lost Joey Bosa, maybe you lost Harold Landry already this year. Maybe you lost Miles Garrett. Right, might be a guy who at least will have the volume to potentially do it. Yeah, I, I like this call, man. And you've been on, you were on right early in the process, uh, pre-draft. You know, out of the powerhouse of UAB. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, those guys, was six five, like two eighty or two seventy five yeah, so, or something. Like that. And he's super athletic, big athletic guy with long arms. I remember you were on him early. <laughs> so, um, and, and uh, like you said, the volume, right? Eighty percent of the snaps last week. You gotta love it. And um, yeah, he's got the size, the strength, the length, the athleticism to uh, you know see if he he figured big athletic guys. Yeah, exactly, man. You gotta love those athletes, right? Mm-hmm. Big, strong, and fast. Um, yeah, maybe he learned something last week. He, he certainly got uh, got out there and and got some run. Eighty percent of the snaps is pretty healthy. So um, yeah, I, I I dig that call, man. And uh, he could get home for one this week. 
And he's in a, like a conventional position. He's got the den- defensive end designation in every platform yep. because there's yep. no doubt that the Browns are running a 4-3 and yep. get places like MFL where there's just a dearth of defensive ends this, this week. He's a great pick up there. <laughs> yep. Nice. All right, so this is now where we're going to get to the part of the show where we have a little bit of stupid fun. <laughs> so we're gonna we're gonna see if we can get each other to laugh. This is this is our dad joke segment. So we're gonna go. We're each gonna have. We're gonna say a crappy joke, and we're gonna go. We have we each picked out three, and we're just gonna go around and see if we can get each other to laugh. So <laughs> who wants to start? You guys want me to start, or you want to go? Anybody want to go? I'll go first. All right. I will tell you that um, I just asked my kids. I got three kids. Three. Nice. What are your favorite jokes? And so uh, the first one, the oldest kid, says um, her favorite joke is, um, uh, "What do the what do cows do on Friday night? They go to the movies." (laughs) (laughs) Nice, love it. Nice. (laughs) All right. All right. I'll I'll go with one here. All right. So it's kind of it's kind of a drawn out one, but so the cops knocked on my door last night. And they said that your dog's out there chasing a kid on his bike. So I shut the door in his face. My dog doesn't own a bike. (laughs) (laughs) All right. right. Go ahead, Kyle. I'm up, right? Okay. Um, All right. So, so I thought the dryer was shrinking my clothes lately, but it turns out it was just the refrigerator this whole time. (laughs) (laughs) i resemble that remark (laughs) i was just gonna say i mean uh, you look at me i you know uh fits right (laughs) (laughs) so my second kid his this is his favorite joke what is cheese that doesn't belong to you nacho cheese (laughs) nacho cheese (laughs) yep all right all right let's see what else we got here all right uh Yesterday, I called my landlord. I told him I had a leak in my sink. He said, go for it. I won't judge you. (laughs) (laughs) That's good. (laughs) All right. So uh, my next next one. My wife asked me to sink her new phone the other day. So I threw it in the pool. (laughs) (laughs) I like it. This is my youngest kid's joke. I don't even get it, so maybe y'all can explain. It, right? <laughs> Why did the cow cross the road to get to the Friday night fryer? <laughs> yeah, no idea. I had to tell. I had him tell it to me three times. Like, Friday like, night fryer. He's like, "Yep." And he was like, right, laughing I'm the whole it. time. And all right, like, I'm I'm going maybe with somebody it. will get it. <laughs> maybe somebody can DM me on Twitter, tell me what it means. <laughs> oh, good. All right, how do you follow that up? All right, <laughs> right, right. So, all right, here we go. So, yesterday I spotted an albino Dalmatian. It was the best thing I could do for him. <laughs> That's. Because I gave good. him his spot. Yeah, I got it. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> so I, I gotta, I gotta close it out here. I gotta yeah. follow. Okay, um, my last one. <laughs> um, inflation is getting really out of hand, but that's just my five cents. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> there was actually, there's another one actually on inflation that I do know. Why do, uh, why do gas companies charge you for pumping up your tires? 
inflation. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I'm glad we did that. That was fun. <laughs> <laughs> there will be more. I'm, I'm telling oh, you. Oh, yeah. Yeah. There absolutely. will be more. <laughs> All right. Well, that this concludes our week four preview pod. Uh, why don't you guys uh, tell us where we can find all of your work? Give us anything you're working on in the future, coming up soon. Tell us where we can find you. Give us your Twitter, everything. Go ahead, uh, Kyle, you go first. Okay, yeah, um, you can find me on the Twitters at kbelf54. Uh, um, DMs are always open, um, always available for questions or you want to talk football, music, TV shows, movies, whatever. Um, always, always open to chat. Um, hit me up anytime. Um, you can find all my work over at Football Guys. Um, as I said earlier, I write the uh, waiver wire article that comes out on Tuesdays, the IDP waiver wire. Um, I try to hop in on the uh, college roundtable uh, whenever I get a chance because uh, so my Sundays I'm always glued to uh, the TV watching NFL football, and I try to watch as much as I can on Saturday. But I definitely, uh, you know tread lightly because <laughs> you got to save up for you get the glare from the way <laughs> yeah i get the michigan game but then after that you know um but uh, anyway no you, you can find my work there um and uh yeah like uh i'm super excited to to be over at football guys working with you guys um and that the the awesome crew over there it's it's seriously surreal it really is i still can't believe uh it's i see my my name posted with an article and rankings and whatnot it's super cool um yeah it's uh it's it's a lot of fun and um yeah it's it's only week four and uh you know just be grinding uh, away as they say so but this was a lot of fun guys man this was this was super yeah. cool to hop in and, and uh get to chat with you fellas before the show and during the show and um yeah man we'll do it again here in a month yeah Chip, go ahead. Where we can find all your stuff? I'm uh my handle is at the Dynasty Trip on Twitter. Trip with two P's, and as y'all know, I'm at Football Guys. Been there for what three, four months now. Yeah. I did the uh, rankings, did rookie rankings, did um, redraft rankings, three draft rankings. Of course, faded off the site now because the season has started. But it was crazy to rank alongside seven, like seven other guys all yeah. summer and see. It was just. At one point, I had 100 IDPs ranked, and I had like 63 of them. I was either the highest or the lowest. Uh, <laughs> eight of them, like, oh, my gosh, what am I doing wrong here? <laughs> it's been really fascinating just to compare that. You know, Last place I was at is me, one of the guys who would be on IDP ranks, and it's just radically different opinions. It's fun to mix it up and talk about them and, you know, inside the base camp and in the, uh, the, the internal staff chat thing and uh, also get on and Twitter and 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 debated out there too. So it's, it's been fun. It's fun to see how it plays out. And that's, you know, it's um, Joe, Joe, um, Joe's always says that football guys, iron sharpens iron. So mm -hmm. trying to get better at this thing as we go. It's a lot of fun. Definitely. Definitely great yeah. to be on with y'all. Yeah. I'm 100%. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Joey, the tooth IDP. Uh, I did rankings alongside trip and Kyle. Uh, I did uh, IDP projections with football guys this year. Uh, also helped with the projections for the draft dominator. That was a pretty interesting. And uh, they have a it's a it's a dynasty projection. So you have like your high end, your base, and your low end, and how long you think it's sustainable for. And then it, it builds in. So with the draft dominator, you can set to win now mode, or you can set it to for the future, and it adjusts rankings. It's, wow, it's phenomenal. It's fantastic. But and then uh, I'll, I do my weekly edge and IDL streamers, and then. Uh, 
other than that, everything's at footballguys.com. I mean, it's just been fantastic being there. Joe, Sig, Clayton, they're all great to deal with, great to work with. Uh, John, John's been phenomenal. He's helped me out with anything I needed help with. And uh, it's just a fantastic place to work. It's like, I can't, you can't say enough about it. It's just so, it, it's so comfortable working there. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it is. I don't, it, there's, there's something to say about it. It's like, you can go in and you just, you do your job and it's not really stressful to have to get something out to do. You just know you're going to do it and you're going to get it done and they're going to be like, all right, thank you. It's, like, mm-hmm. it's just nice. It's just nice. But I want to thank you too for coming on and joining me. I want to thank all of you listeners for joining the IDP show. And uh, we'll see you, the three of us, in four weeks. In your mind. My-